two of the program on a Friday. We're in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. For our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls, they have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Visit them at dlbasementsystems.com. Hour one in the books. Continuing coverage of training camp from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Day two of on-ice sessions wrapping up. We heard from Nikita Zadorov, Dan Vladar, and Yegor Sharangovich. Big opportunities in front of all three of those guys this season for the Calgary Flames. Also checked in with the Toronto Blue Jays, Ben Wagner. Radio voice on the Sportsnet Radio Network. He'll be on the call tonight, 440 first pitch, Jays and Rays. Kevin Taylor, my outstanding producers, alongside me here in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. Still to come in hour two. We'll hear from a couple more members of the Calgary Flames, including Blake Coleman and Dustin Wolf. Big training camp for Dustin Wolf, trying to find himself a spot on the NHL roster. And our pal Matt Rose. Going to stop by and get you set for the Calgary Stampeders and the Montreal Alouettes coming up on Saturday afternoon at McMahon. It's a busy sports weekend in Calgary. Starting tonight, the Calgary Hitmen in action, their home opener against the Medicine Hat Tigers. All the action right here on Sportsnet 960. I've got your pregame show at 6 p.m. tonight. Puck drop at 7 Let's hear some Flames audio while we get your answers in. We'll start with Blake Coleman. Veteran NHLer coming back for now his third season in Calgary. Early on in training camp, a very familiar line that Blake Coleman finds himself on. He's on the right side of a line with Andrew Mangiapane and Michael Backlund. It's been one of the Flames' best two-way lines since they were put together. Looking like they're going to be relied upon by this coaching staff as well. Big season ahead for the Calgary Flames. How's Blake Coleman feeling ahead of another NHL year? Let's hear from the veteran forward at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome a little bit earlier today on this Friday. A couple of days of training camp. How's it felt? Um, you know, obviously a couple, a couple of pretty well-paced uh, skates as well. How did it uh, feel to get a couple in? Good. Just good to be around the boys again. Um, you know, I think the skates have been been good. A lot of pace, um, not a lot of breaks, which is what you're looking for this time of year. You want to get up to speed and into shape. And I think, uh, yeah, so far it's been good. Obviously, a little bit of system stuff, and for the most part, just uh, you know, getting your pace and execution back to where it should be. Cotter was talking yesterday about just the physical toll that it took on him, going winning a cup and then having that short summer and coming back and playing a full season. You're one of the guys who has been through that. Can you just like, like how hard is it on the body? Yeah, it's a lot. Um, you know, the regular season's long, and then you add in, obviously, the playoff runs. Um, you know, my experience was a little different, obviously, with a little bit of the, the COVID seasons, and, um, you know, our cup, our two cup runs were in the same calendar year, but less less regular season games, so different, but still, you know, playoffs are, are the same, you know, uh, demand on the body, and I think, you know, it's reasonable to say that it's it's tough not having the off season to to get what you need and then train the way that you're used to training and and getting your body uh, ready for the upcoming year. So 
um, you know, there's always silver linings and, and, and things, and I think the long offseason will benefit Naz. I know it, it helped me, and I had some issues that I had to address as well, and it gave me time to do that. So, um, you know, hopefully if, if everybody's it the right way, it can be uh, – you know, a uh, source of momentum moving forward for us. For you, I mean, even even last year, last offseason, you know, you're still round two of the playoffs. I mean, could you change or restructure the way you set up your offseason this year with a little extra time, or how did it look for you? Yeah, completely for me. Like I said, I I had some injuries that were <clears throat> lingering from, from playoff runs, and, and I hadn't had time to address them the way that I needed to. And, um, you know, this summer gave me that opportunity, so uh, allowed me to address them, and then you know, on top of that, it does allow you to structure your training a different way. I think, you know, typically you want to get a, you know, the way that I train, I want to get a strength, you know, building month in, and then I want to build on top of that with um, some more high rep, things like that, and then and then get into, like, the high-intensity interval stuff and, and things that are more game-like. Um, but with the shortened off-seasons, you pretty much go right into that high-intensity stuff, and you, you sacrifice the building blocks of your training. So... Um, like I said, it can be a great tool if you use it the right way. Um, not that everybody does, but you know, I think you know we have we have good pros on this team that, that probably put in those types of summers, and I think it'll help us. It's the early days, obviously, but what have been your impressions of the atmosphere around the guys in the locker room? I know there's some changes in there, but what have been your impressions in the early days of training camp with how things are? It's been good. You know, I think, like I said, I think there's always excitement to be around the boys again. Um, you know, you miss it when you're when you're uh, at home during the summers and and you kind of crave just that camaraderie and it's good to be back and you know I think it's um, you know pretty obvious that the energy's high I think you know everybody's talked about you know Connie and Husk and and their excitement and their their new roles and um, you know returning guys have high expectations to bounce back and I think that's exciting and then young guys have opportunities to make the team and I think you know how could that not be exciting for those guys so um, yeah, all around, I think there's a lot of energy and a lot of uh, a lot of joy coming to the rink, and and that's ultimately what uh, what hockey's all about, and it's going to make us better. Have you noticed much difference uh, X's and O's or systems wise from one year to the next or one camp to the next? A little bit. It's still early, but um, you know the D zone's been restructured a little bit. It's a system that I've played a little bit in my career, so some familiarity. But uh, you know, you still got to relearn it and. And as a group, we got to really come together and, and learn that. But, um, you know, they got to put their touch on everything, I, I would imagine. You know, every coach has their certain style of play that they want to implement. And, uh, you know, it's really up to the players to, to commit to, to learning that new style. And, you know, the quicker you, you make that commitment and learn it, uh, the quicker it's going to be a successful system. You would have seen Dustin Wolf make his NHL debut last April and you're in his group here now. Just as an NHL shooter, what do you see in him as a goalie? He can be frustrating. He's a uh, he's a guy that you think you got it. You know you got a hole, and and uh, and it's just just as quickly it's gone. So he's um, you know he's a great um, athletic goalie. I think he's he's gonna have that knock on him for being a smaller, undersized guy. Which just the way the game is now, they're all you know enormous uh, goalies that are coming into the league. But uh, you know I haven't gotten enough time watching him to really evaluate, but. You know, in my short time with him, you know, he's been great. And, you know, I more so rely on just reviews of his teammates and what I've heard about the way he played last year and, and how he would steal games and, and their confidence in him. And it goes a long way when you hear that. Is it fun having these young guys around? 
like you said, that they've got that energy and, and they know there's opportunity. But as a guy who's been around the league for a while, is it just is there? Do you feed off it? I guess their energy. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. You kind of reminds you how you felt coming into camps as a kid and and that nervous energy and that excitement and um, you know ultimately I, I enjoy being around them because I I want to help these guys and I want them to be able to be around me to ask questions and, and around any of the guys here that have been around for a while and and because uh, it's going to make them better and that's going to make our team better and I think you know just for whatever reason the past few years it's there hasn't been a ton of it and I think um, you know sometimes that new energy can be can be good for the group and I think it's good for me as well. So you're obviously very comfortable in sort of being a part of the leadership group with this this team at this point? Yeah sure I mean I've been around for a while I've had some success in this league and uh, I know how hard it is and I know how demanding it is and um, you know for for me it's just like I said any, any way that I can answer questions help guys um, make them better it's just going to make us better and I think ultimately that's what excites me about that role is the opportunity to help the team be better uh, through making these individuals better. We're all going to be debating who's the captain for this team. We know that that's a big decision coming up. Do you have any thoughts on who sort of fits that role? We've got some good candidates. I think, uh, you know, it's not my decision, but uh, there's guys that I'd, a lot of guys in that room that I'd feel comfortable with uh, wearing the C, and at the end of the day, uh, like you said, it's going to be a group. It's going to be by committee. Um, you know, we there needs to be a support group to, to make him a great captain, and and, uh, and guys need to lean on each other. But, you know, I think, from my understanding, it'll be announced soon. Uh, everyone's uh, anticipation will, will be satisfied here. But uh, it's, it's going to be the right choice. And I think, uh, like I said, ultimately, we're a group and, and we need all the veterans uh, to step up and do their jobs. What do you think about the process? Ryan Huska was telling us yesterday it's not going to come down to a vote. It's going to rely a lot on meetings with all the different leadership groups. How do you feel about that process in terms of how the captain will be determined from that as opposed to a vote? Well, I think there's a lot of trust in Connie and Husk. I think um, they're going to make the right decision. And I think we also have the group that, you know, everyone's going to be happy for the guy that gets that role. And, and whoever it is, they're going to grow into it, right? Like, it's new for whoever it is. We don't have any guys that have captained NHL teams. And um, there's always going to be a learning curve there. But, um, like I said, it's our our group's goal to uh, to make that guy, you know, comfortable in that position. And, and uh, you know, the quicker we can do that, the more success this team will have having a uh, just somebody wearing that C and representing that position have, have you ever been on a team that voted for its captain I know it's kind of different people have their opinions on that but have you ever been on a group where the players elected the captain uh, that I can remember I mean I pretty much had captains you know on the teams when I got there um, and they were pretty solidified guys you know Andy Green was a great captain Stammers Stammer you know he was just kind of he is Tampa, and, you know, he kind of already just uh, embodied what that role meant there. So mm-hmm. uh, not in my experience, but, you know, there's there's no right way to do it. There's no wrong way to do it. It's just uh, as long as you have trust in the guys that are making that decision, I think it's going to be the right, right choice. Blake Coleman entering in his third year with the Calgary Flames. He's found himself early on in the line he's very familiar with. Michael Backlund centering him and Andrew Mangiapane. We'll hear from Dustin Wolf coming up in just moments. Big training camp for him as he tries to win an NHL spot at a camp. Uh, but while we're uh, going to get to that in a second, quick reminder, we're giving away a pair of Hitman tickets to the home opener tonight at 7 o'clock against the Medicine Hat Tigers. Your question at 960-960. Give me somebody that's been part of the Flames organization 
and the Hitman organization. If you can give me that, your first and last name on the text at 960-960, you'll be entered in to win a pair of tickets to the Calgary Hitman home opener tonight, this Friday at 7 o'clock. Please make sure uh, if you're entering that you can use the tickets tonight. Uh, Again, 960-960, a member of the Flames organization, a member of the Hitman organization at one point in their careers uh, at 960-960. Yes, that that one that you're thinking of is a longtime Sportsnet listener. I'm going to let that one count. The Calgary boy, the high draft pick, he's, of course, one of them. I'll give you some hints to be nice on a Friday. There's a, a defenseman who played a very short time in Calgary, but played a long time in the NHL for different teams who uh, had a, a cup of coffee here in Calgary. There's uh, a Calgary kid as part of this who played forward who hasn't been mentioned yet. There's also, uh, this is a, a pretty easy hint, but a member of the Dion Phaneuf trade that played for both the Flames and the Calgary Hitmen. So there's a couple of hints for you. 960-960, your first and last name have to be on the text. A member of the Flames and the Hitman organization at one point in their careers you give us that correct answer, you'll be entered in to win a pair of Hitman tickets to tonight's home opener, 7 o'clock against the Medicine Hat Tigers. Again, if you're entering in, please, please be able to go to tonight's game and use those tickets. Uh, we'll hear from Dustin Wolf, and on the other side, we will have our winner. Here is uh, young Dustin Wolf. Big training camp opportunity for him, looking to be part of the Flames Duo, trio, goaltenders, who knows? He's proven a lot at the AHL level already, looking to make a name for himself at the NHL level. Here's Dustin Wolf after day two of training camp on Friday. Just start with um, yeah, kind of some observations early on in camp. Obviously, been through this now a couple times before, but uh, how's it feel in the first couple of skates? I mean, it just feels good to be back. Um, you know, back around the staff and all the players and guys that you become good friends with and uh, that you can compete with, so... Um, good to be back here and good to get the season going here. What about for you in terms of a mindset coming into to camp this year? I mean, obviously, it changes. I would imagine just feeling a little bit more comfortable each year you come in. Um, is that is that suffice to say fair? You know, just in terms of your mindset. Yeah, I mean, my mindset coming into camp is just come in, work hard, and and push push the boundaries as every year. Um, you know, you want to play at the the highest level, and uh, you want to make this the staff make decisions, and you know, push them to to feel what's best for the, the organization. So um, just go out there, do what I know how to do best, and try to stop as many pucks. We talked to Dan Vidar, and he said, look, of course, he's aware of you coming up sort of behind him. And he said, but look, competition's what you want as an athlete. Is that sort of the, the attitude you guys are embracing? Absolutely. It's it's a great environment to be in. Um, you know, we're all battling for for spots, for games, and an opportunity to, to show that we can help the team win. And um, you know, that's the best part is we've got three guys that can – come in and give the team a chance and um, you know my, my job is just come in and do what I know how to do best and uh, try to push them and have them push me and just kind of go from there. If the team found a way to have you, Dan, and Jacob on the roster at the same time, three goalies for a whole season, how would you feel about that makeup? I mean I just want to play and um, no matter where that is, whether it's here or with the Wranglers, um, you know you want, you want to play as many games, you want to help the team win and um, at the end of the day, you, you want to win a championship, and I think that's the mindset for every guy when you're coming into a new season is um, you want an opportunity to win. 
I think there's screw opportunity not only with the Flames but the Wranglers as well, and um, just kind of see where things take us. So as long as you're playing, that's the big thing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously you want to play in the NHL. Um, that's the main goal. But at the end of the day, you want to play games, and if you get to play games for for the Flames, it's an even better even better day. <laughs> have they have they given you sort of a target for games they want you to play or a number that they want to fit you in, whether it's at the American and NHL level combined? Or? Not not really, not at all. Um, They've just kind of told me to come into camp ready and prepare and um, uh, push for a job. And that's kind of the mindset I've had since the end of last season is, you know, there's changes that get made in the off season and uh, opportunities are going to arise whether, um, you know, no matter what happens. So um, my job is just go out there and play the way I know how to play and um, let, those, let, them, let them make those decisions. I know you had the playoff run there, obviously, but, but to get in that one game, I mean, does that kind of fuel your off season in some way? Just to, when you go into the end of the summer and just knowing that, um, you know, you want to get back, you want to have that taste again. For sure, yeah. You play your first NHL game and, you know, you want more. And, um, no, that was uh, the big reason I stayed here in the off season to train with Rick and, and his staff and um, try to make sure I was in the best shape I could be come camp and, um, so far, so good. So now it's just about do I know how to do and stop pucks and help the team win games. There is an attitude of, like, you've accomplished everything you can at the AHL level. You've proven yourself. You've gotten all the awards, everything. But for you, it's that, that, that playing time remains invaluable. Like, that, it's that above all else, sort of. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you want to play in the NHL. Um, that's, you know, it's the end goal is to play in the NHL and, and win a Stanley Cup and, um, you know, have a long career. But... You know, it's a, there's a process to it, and um, no matter what the staff chooses to do with my process and how, where I play and how many games I play, it's just my opportunity to, wherever I'm playing, go out there and give the team a chance to win and um, just kind of go from there. What's your relationship like with Jacob and Dan? Great. They're outstanding human beings. It's um, Ever since Mark got here and I was here and Vladdy came in two years ago, it's it's been an outstanding relationship. Um, you know, we all push ourselves. We all push each other, and um, that's kind of a mindset you want to have. Is you know, you, you want to put it as competition, but at the same time, they're they're good buddies of yours, and um, you want the best for them. And uh, you just want to help make them better and, and make yourself better. In the what, yeah. Sorry, I have to cut you off. Uh, but what's it like going to them for advice or or just insight on getting improving your own game? Yeah, I mean, Marky's played so many years in the NHL now, so. Um, I know he was super supportive of my first game and any game I get to play with a Flames jersey on. And obviously Dan was on the bench for for my first game, and he was super excited for myself. And um, no, I try to do the same for them. It's no matter who's playing, you're, you're happy and excited for them, and you want them to do well. And um, you know, competition is fun. That's that's the best part of it. You watched that first game back for fun at all this summer? I haven't. No, I probably should just uh, to get my confidence high again. But um, no, just trying to. Try to come into the year and, and have some fun. Dustin Wolf finishing up day two of training camp for the Calgary Flames. I am intrigued by what it's going to take for him to make the team. I think he's going to get a lot of chances in preseason to make uh, an impression on this coaching staff. The Flames enter the season with three goaltenders. Every time it seems like a team is interested in a goaltender, you hear Dan Vodar's name pop up. I'm sure for cap space and if Dustin Wolf can prove himself, that that might make sense, but man, as of right now, for me, it's one of the top storylines in training camp is what Dustin Wolf can prove at the NHL level after two great seasons in the American Hockey League. 
We'll be covering Hitman Hockey tonight, but he's a regular at the Stampeders practices. We've got a Stamps report with Maddie getting you set for the Stamps and the Owls on Saturday. That's next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Action kicks off in the CFL tonight. The doubleheader starts off with the Ottawa Red Blacks hosting the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at 5 o'clock. And the Edmonton Elks hosting the BC Lions up the road in Edmonton for a 7.30 kickoff. Your Calgary Stampeders back in action. They'll kick off a matinee affair against the Montreal Alouettes at 2 o'clock on Saturday. It's their annual Pink Power game. And it's turning into must-win territory for the Calgary Stampeders. Help us get you set for the matchup on Saturday. Very happy to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Welcome in the co-host of Russick and Rose on the big show. One of our Stampeders reporters, Matty Rose, joins us. Matty, how are you, pal? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, man. Um, interesting week for the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, back from the bye, but in desperate need uh, of a win starting on Saturday against Montreal. What did you uh, What did you get from the group as they prepared for this big matchup against the Owls? Well, it's a big matchup, right? Everyone's all business right now. Uh, one of the big themes this week was obviously focusing on the opponent this week and not looking too far ahead right now for the Stamps. There's all sorts of matrices you can look at for ways that they can sneak their way into the playoffs, whether it's into the third spot in the West or trying to get the crossover. But that's kind of been the big thing this week. How are you going to go about doing that? Focus on the game here deal with these Alouettes who, you know, last time you played them, didn't score a touchdown, had lots of field goals. So that's been a big focus here, but that's kind of it. it. It's not the most upbeat team because I think that they understand that their backs are up against a wall. Dave Dickinson talked about it today. You know, you, you lose this one and, and the light does start to get a little bit dimmer. So I think that's kind of the theme. And, and this is a team that's backed up against the wall. The Alouettes have not won a game in a month. So they're going to be hungry for this one as well. And as a result, they've kind of put second in the East up for grabs. But if you're the Stampeders, you can beat the Alouettes. You can beat the Tidecats. All of a sudden, there's a whole bunch of different ways for you to get into the postseason all before you get to your final bye week in just a couple of weeks here. Uh, as always with these chats uh, ahead of the game day, once we get the rosters out in the depth charts for each game, whether it's been with you or, or with Patty Dumas, our other Stampeders reporter here at Sportsnet 960, we've talked a lot about Maddie. It's just been a rotating cast some weeks for the Calgary Stampeders, and that doesn't change this week for them either. A couple of key names who will not be in the lineup out of the bye week, including Markeith Ambles and Trey Roberson. That's a couple of big losses for the Stampeders heading into this game. Yeah, it's a couple of big losses. Uh, the Stampeders did announce that Trey Roberson, or pardon me, Marquise Ambles has been released by the club as well. Uh, I haven't been able to get any other details on it, but uh, what we can tell you is he practiced the first couple days of the week. He missed the Thursday practice with a knee injury and was listed as questionable on the depth chart. Uh, he was on the one-game injured list when the depth chart came out this morning and then this afternoon got released. So we'll probably find out more about what happened with Marquise Ambles uh, after tomorrow's game or uh, at during practice next week, but that could be injury-related. It was a knee injury. He was placed on the one game, so we're going to need to find a little, little bit of clarity there, but that is a loss. Trey Odoms-Dukes is going to get a shot here. You know, this is a guy who came into the season, um, was one of the veterans at rookie camp, if you will, 
you know, was pretty good early on. He was getting a lot of targets. He was getting a lot of catches, but the consistency was a little bit of a problem. And then as injuries happened, this team went and got more receivers and more good receivers. And as a result, Trey Odoms do spend some time on the practice squad. So I'm going to be interested to see how he plays in the slot there with the Stampeders team uh, going into this game against the Alouettes. And then the other one you mentioned is Trey Roberson, who uh, was away from practice for a couple of days this week. He has a chest injury as well, so he's not going to be playing in this game. Uh, listen, it hasn't been the kind of usual all-star caliber season that we're used to seeing from Trey. Uh, they've moved him around the secondary. It's the secondary that's dealt with injuries, so there's there's some reason for moving him around there as well. But uh, it's certainly a loss. They get Julian Charles back from the injured list, a younger player, who I think they're excited to see what he can do. He's just had trouble staying healthy in his limited time up here in the CFL. But he's going to be on that side with Brad Muhammad. That'll be something to keep an eye on. The salmon safety combo is going to be Brandon Dozier and the the veteran Nick Taylor. And then Kobe Williams and Jonathan Moxie will be on that boundary side. They've played pretty well on that boundary side. The biggest thing here is going to be, can you put a blanket over Austin Mack? Because if you can do that, you can do a pretty good job of limiting what this Alouette's offense can do. Uh, talk to me about that that safety Sam linebacker split that you just mentioned there because uh, it's been a couple weeks now since they dealt with those injuries there, and that's a tough spot. You and me always talk about you know the Sam linebacker spot's a, a curious one in the CFL with all that you're asked to do, but Brandon Dozier's a veteran in this league. Same with Nick Taylor. How do you think those two have done in their respective spots since being called into action? I think they've done solid. You know, this is why you go out and get guys like Brandon Dozier and guys like Nick Taylor because they've been in the league for a long time. They know how a CFL defense operates. They can pick up any position in simply a week. And that's exactly what we've seen. Losing guys like Titus Wall and Michael Griffin, those are big losses for this team without a doubt. But listen, this is a team that's been dealing with injuries all year long. That's nothing new for them. They have an injured list six game that is longer than I don't know if I've ever seen one this long in my six, seven years covering the team. So they're dealing with injuries there. But Nick Taylor and Brandon Dozier have done a really solid job. Like you mentioned, the the Sam is a unique position. It's the 12th position of that CFL defense, if you will. And Brandon Dozier is a guy who can be extremely physical. I think he kind of leans more to that than being, you know, the the most elite one-on-one coverage type of guy. But then again, you're kind of going up against running backs down in there as well. When you're going up against a guy like William Stanback, who's going to get, you know, 15, 16 carries, can usually chug for 100 yards to use him to get into the end zone. Brandon Dozier being down in that Sam slot and being able to crash into the box and help that defense slow down William Stanback. Because once again, like I said, Austin Mack, that's a big part of their offense. He's having an amazing year. But if you can limit what Austin Mack can do and what William Stanback can do, that offense is going to be sputtering all week, all game long at McMahon Stadium. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on because I, I trust Dozier. I trust Nick Taylor. They're veterans. But at the same time, there's so much moving around this defense that um, they got something to prove. For sure. And last but not least, we've seen this before on the depth chart with uh, Dave Dickens in the last couple of weeks. There's just, it's hard to, to argue. There's just not a ton of depth right now on this D line for the Calgary Stampeders. So we've seen Mike Rose. Listed at the DN spot, uh, we know that he's going to kind of be all over the D-line. He'll be inside, he'll be outside. Uh, it's just, like I mentioned, just not a ton of bodies for them right now. Yeah, you know, this is another position that is dealing with injuries. You have James Vauder, I, I believe it's a bicep injury that he suffered, uh, uh, well, that's well over a month ago, and 
unsure, probably not going to be back for the rest of the season. They also lost Mike Moore and TJ Ram in practice a couple weeks ago before their bye. And that all of a sudden started really testing the rotation. So here's the thing. Am I worried about Mike Rose in this game coming out of a bye, probably playing like 80% of the snaps? Not necessarily. Next week, probably not. But as this team gets deeper in the season and if they get into the playoffs, then you start to worry about those guys like Mike Rose and Derek Wigan and Julian Hauser who play a ton of snaps now that they have started to run out of bodies. Like they've got some other guys that you like on that line. Keelan Thomas, a first-year player who, you know, is a gigantic human and I think could become a really strong player in this league, but is extremely raw a guy who played BC junior football. And then you got Isaac Adeyemi Berglund, who continues to find his way in this league. He's a solid player, but he's not James Waters, to say the least. Yep. Um, just, this is just what you've got to deal with right now. And, and yeah, the depth charts are all wacky this year. They're, they're all crazy because there's designated Americans and, and all this type of stuff. But he's lined up on the outside. I doubt he's going to take a whole lot of snaps on the outside because as Derek Wigan told me earlier this year, that is the best three-point stance man in the CFL. Hard to argue with that uh, with that analysis. Offensively, Maddie, it's been an up-and-down year all year long, we know, for Jake Mayer in this offense. Injuries, again, playing a big part in this. The running backs have taken turns being injured. I believe there's at least four guys or more off the top of my head that are on the uh, four-game or six-game injured list receiver-wise. And we just mentioned Markeith Ambles, now, part of, now not part of the group going forward. Um how much has that played into your mind, the struggles for this Stampeders team, just not being able to have the same group out there, whether it's offensive line combos, running backs, receivers? How much in your mind has that played into their struggles offensively? Oh, big time, right? Like Reggie Bagleton has been healthy for a lot of the season, and, and that has been good for the team. But, you know, Mark and Michelle has been solid, but it did take him a few weeks to kind of get back into that CFL form. Tommy Lee Lewis has been good. He's been in and out, and he does a lot of the return work with Peyton Logan missing almost the entire season now. So they, they've just had a lot of guys who came in, and when you looked at it to start the year and you said, if this guy is in this role and he's not asked to kind of get over his skis, he's going to have a good season. But that's not necessarily what has happened with all the injuries that you've mentioned and things just kind of piling up for this team. So that's certainly been an effect on Jake Mayer. I think that there's been lots of times where he admittedly so has struggled and, and hasn't been good enough, whether he's pulling onto the ball too long and kind of not sensing a pocket collapsing or missing a target or things like that. I and mean, he's had receiver drops all season long too. Don't get me wrong, but injuries are always a factor. Um, Jake Mayer, I think, has not played up to the standard that he would have liked and that a lot of people maybe expected this season. And when you're talking about injuries on the offensive line, you know, the only place that they've really had to cycle through guys is that left tackle position. But really, if there's one position on the offensive line, you don't want to have to cycle through guys. It's that left tackle. It's that blind side for Jake Mayer because, you know, he's taking some hard hits from that backside. And that gets you thinking. That gets you happy feet. And I think that's been a little bit of an issue for the Stampeders. And I almost wonder if that left tackle, just kind of the, the changes that we've seen there, um, that's been one of the more consistent, I wouldn't call it an issue, but just consistent positions that nobody has been able to grab a hold of. And yeah. 
now they're trying to just kind of work through that as the season winds down here and they try and get in the playoffs. Playoffs are not, in your mind, is it a big deal for Jake Mayer to try to show some consistency down the stretch from the quarterback position? And like I said, I know we can talk for the next 10 minutes of this hit about the playoffs and the path to get there. They've got to win games. We know that. But, you know, just for, for setting the basis up, we know that Jake Mayer is a long-term guy here in Calgary, someone the Stampeders have invested in. How important is it for you, Matt, this final stretch down after the bye week for the Stampeders to start to show you some things, playoffs or not, that they can use potentially into the offseason and next year? I think it's huge, right? Um, that's been the biggest struggle with this team. They've been able to put good defensive performances together one week, but then the offense hasn't been able to hold up there into the bargain. Or the offense and defense play pretty solid, but then they give up a late punt return touchdown and they end up losing a game. So there has been consistency problems and problems as far as every phase of the game, firing all cylinders on all cylinders in a single game. And if you can do that in these final five weeks of the regular season, you might just get to the playoffs and feel that much better about yourself. Because listen, if this team gets in the playoffs and wins a game or two, because it has been a little while since they've won a playoff game, despite being in the playoffs for a very long time here. But if, they do get in and you're feeling good about yourself, then you kind of forget about the back, the front half of this season. You can kind of flush it. You can look away. You can move on to the next year. And when Jake Mayer has been playing his best, like you go back to last season and he was playing good. And, and the reason the Stampeders did invest in him long-term as their quarterback for the next few years was because there would be stretches of games where he would throw 12, 13, 14, 15 straight completions. He would just get into a rhythm and he would start feeling it and he'd just look like a guy who couldn't be stopped. But this year, he's just struggled to find that rhythm, that consistency. And it's not just him. It's across the entire team. But he's the guy who touches the ball every offensive play. So he's the guy with all the bright lights on him. He's the guy with a big contract, with the partially guaranteed money. This is the guy that the Stampeders have invested in. So he's the one that everyone's looking at. And if he can find some consistency, I think it'll probably build some good vibes for this team going into the offseason or going into the playoffs. But that's the biggest thing. It's been their biggest problem all year. So if they could do it, you never know what could happen with this group. Because I do think that the talent is there. Kadeem Carrick, Diedrich Mills, Reggie Bagleton, Mark and Michelle. Like, these are good players to have on your offense. Yeah. And on the defense, you have Mike Rose, you have Alway, you have Jonathan Moxie back. You have good players that can make plays. The question is, can you put it all together and can you do it for five more games this season and get this team into meaningful games in later in the year? Uh, Maddie, what do you want to see from this team Saturday afternoon coming off of a bye? What, in your mind, is, is going to be key for them to pick up a win against this Owls team? Consistency. Um, just building off the last question for sure. And when you get down into the Alouettes territory, put the damn ball in the end zone because this is a team that has given Renee Paradis far too much work for a guy who is trying to become a firefighter after this. This is a guy who... <laughs> came back and has had to kick a lot of field goals and he's damn good at it. So that's great. But at the same time, you got to put the ball in the end zone or else you're going to have a hard time beating these Alouettes team. And, and 
I would not hate a laugher here either. Like, if you want to go out and have a pretty commanding performance coming out of your bye, like old school Dave Dickinson, like yeah. when he would never, ever lose out of a bye and he would destroy teams, especially at home. If they want to go out and do that, like, that would just be lovely. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that uh, for a change this season for sure if you're a Calgary Stampeders fan. Uh, Maddie, before we let you go, away from the Stampeders, I'll see you tonight at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. You've got uh, the color analyst chair tonight, Hitman and the Medicine Hat Tigers. Looking forward to that, pal. Yo, good people. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun today. Um, Hitman have four players who are still away at NHL camps, but they also have a lot of players who I'm very excited to see this season. Number one is Carter Yakumchuk, the Calgarian, in his draft year. Uh, I don't want to put a ton of hype. I don't want to put a ton of pressure. But last year, there were talks of people who said, listen, if this guy continues on his trajectory, he could be a first-round pick. Like, I was thinking about it today, and I was kind of doing a little bit of prep for this. And Tyson Galloway, who is right now at camp with the Calgary Flames, uh, he was a Blues pick, a fifth-rounder, didn't get signed this offseason, so he became a free agent. Still a free agent. He's just with the Flames at camp on a, you know amateur tryout or whatever you want to call it. Um, in his draft year, he was outstanding. And then I thought he took a step back in the year after, and, and as a result, St. Louis didn't sign him. But the year that he had in his draft year kind of reminds me of the year that Carter Yakumchuk had in his draft minus one year last season, if that makes sense. Yep. This is super confusing. I'm making it terribly confusing. But if Yakumchuk can take a step forward from last year, I think he could be, I don't want to call him a day one draft guy, but He's someone who people might end up be talk might end up talking about quite a bit. He's big. He skates so well. He has great vision. He single handedly saved the Hitman power play last season. So I'm really excited to see uh, Mr. Carter Yakumchuk uh, with the Hitman. And uh, yeah, hopefully they have a great season. Gino DePauli's in town in the Medicine Hat Tigers. Gavin McKenna, who's probably going to go first overall in 2025, yep. the next Culinary Bedard, if you will. Yeah, come on down to the dome. It's a home opener. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Maddie will be on the call with Jeff Hollick tonight. He'll join me on the Hitman pregame show a little bit later on as well. Maddie, appreciate you as always, man. We'll see you at the Dome later. Bye-bye. Maddie Rose joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, part of the big show with Rustic and Rose, Stan Peters reporter, uh, does Hitman pregame shows like I will tonight. Uh, but tonight, Maddie, moving up a spot. He'll be uh, the color analyst alongside Jeff Hollick. We got... Uh, Brad Curl will be back on the call for the Calgary Hitman in short order. But uh, Brad, good Saskatchewan boy, dealing with farm and stuff first. He's got to get that all figured out, and then he'll be back. Before you know it, call him games here on your home of the Hitman, Sportsnet 9 and 60, the fan. We're closing things out here on Sportsnet today. Going to turn things over to Flames Talk. More on day two of training camp for the Calgary Flames. On-ice sessions continue this afternoon. We heard from a bunch of members of the Flames during today's program. You can go back and catch those conversations wherever you get your favorite podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, your favorite pod catcher. Also heard from Ben Wagner, teen up the Jays and the Rays. And then in case you missed any of that conversation with Maddie on the stamps and the Alouettes, all of it available on the Sportsnet Today 960 podcast. Thank you to my outstanding producers, Cam and Taylor, for their great work this week. Thank you for listening live or on the podcast. Appreciate it. We will be back on Monday with one preseason game in the books for the Calgary Flames and getting you set for another one as they'll sit to take on they'll get set to take on the Seattle Kraken on Monday. So a Hitman game tonight, Stampeder Saturday, 
Flames Sunday and Monday. We're just in the middle of a really awesome sports weekend here in the city of Calgary. Enjoy it. Get out to as many events as you possibly can. We'll talk about it all on Monday when Sportsnet Today is back here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.